Hey again, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, that's me. You yeah. How you good, doing? good, 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 good. A busy, uh, busy day, and uh, happy Thursday, everybody. It's Thursday football. I say it every week. Thursday is the start of the football week to me because there's always Thursday night football, both college and NFL. But then, you know, the Mac, the Mac steps in and screws up my football week by having football on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And I, I get half upset about it because I'm like, I, I sort of like last week ending and this week beginning. And now there's no ending or beginning to it. And it sort of throws me off and requires me to watch extra football. On the other hand, I love it because, it, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday nights, there's a there's football. And the Mac stuff's always interesting to me for whatever reason. Uh, I, I do watch quite a bit of it. So, uh, but Thursday is still, I insist, the start of the new football weekend. Now, I agree. In fact, I would say I like it when Thursday night, is the kickoff night versus Tuesdays and yep. Wednesdays because I feel like uh like Thursday night is when okay the weekend kind of starts Friday yep. everybody's sort of screwing around at work I mean that'd be the time if somebody wanted to call me and buy something I'd be like yeah sure I'll just yeah whatever whatever price you need <laughs> and uh, because I'm thinking about football the whole day and then Friday night I've usually got some kind of high school thing going on then Saturday of course college football Sunday I've got NFL and and mm-hmm. fantasy league stuff and then you know, by the time Monday rolls around, I'm pretty football exhausted. And just when I think I've had enough, it's kind of like, um, you know, you've stuck, you've gorged yourself on all this food. And as you're walking out of the all you can eat Golden Corral, they have some of those Andes mints right there at the door. And that's Monday night football. And I'm like, I'm going to take one. And I, you know, so I take Especially one. this we week. Go. This week was a hell of a Andes mint because that, oh, was, yeah. that was a fantastic game of football between yes, the 49ers and the Seahawks and overtime both chances having both teams having multiple chances to win comes down to a field goal as time expires in overtime that's pretty good it's damn good and one game that we hope doesn't come down to a field goal in overtime is Alabama Mississippi State this oh, weekend God. um we'd fall down you to want 23 to talk about- uh, we well and rightfully so. I mean, there would be it would be such a hard path to get into the playoffs if we, we don't say that the committee doesn't seem to mind that Georgia lost to a bad team. Yeah, I, I get that, but they also have some good wins. They do, um, they do, they do. I'm not and, upset about where Georgia is, but it does kind of. I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a good talking point. I know you're about to get something right now, but a talking point down the road. Uh, are you a quality win guy, or are you a who did you lose to, guy? See, I'm I'm really in the middle with all of this. I hate that people feel like this. Okay, the the formula has to be this, like it's some sort of a mathematical equation. It's not. I think that yeah. you know the eye test is involved, the who you beat's involved, the how you looked when you beat them's involved, the how you looked when you lost to whoever you lost to's involved. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if I'm the committee, I look at the Georgia loss. And everybody everybody just loves to point to it and say, well, Georgia lost. That's it. Georgia lost. Georgia lost. And I think that game went to double overtime, didn't it? It was overtime. Correct. It was in Either, overtime. And Georgia had many opportunities it, to win the game. But I think it, it was double, double overtime. Over. I think you're right. Yeah, I, think I, think it was. I think it was. Yeah. So if I were um, a committee member and I'm trying to figure out where to place everybody, 
I'd say, okay, yeah, you're right. Georgia did lose in double overtime to a bad team. They're not good. South Carolina's not good. Alabama beat them on the road. Um, They've lost to Appalachian State, North Carolina, blah, blah, blah. Um, But that game was unique in that Georgia receivers had balls drop off their shoulder pads into the hands of some South Carolina guys. Um, And their number one kicker, ace kicker of all time, shanked one right at the end. Um, Yeah. But meanwhile, they have beaten – you know, a Florida team that uh, there was a lot on the line for that game, and, and they took care of business. They ha- have beaten Notre Dame, who is not as good as we thought they were, but they've still beaten them. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, and they've got Auburn coming up this week. I know that's notwithstanding to this current ranking. But if you look at Alabama, you say, okay, Alabama passes every practically any eye test you want to give them, at least offensively. But, uh, you know, they had they had a shot at the number one team, and they blew it. And so, yeah, we got to penalize them a little bit. So I wouldn't have put Alabama for either myself. So I, I'm, I'm a little shocked they have Georgia there versus somebody else. But I think what they're saying is, okay, Oregon and Utah, um, we're going to wait and see how Auburn finishes up. Auburn, because because here's the thing: how many quality wins is is Oregon going to have? I mean, they did they couldn't beat Auburn with a true freshman starting his first game, and. Um, you, you know, you can talk about they got better later, but I mean, their quality wins are like Washington. Washington ain't worth a shit. I mean, they're they're just not. Um, yeah. And at USC, I mean, USC is a Jekyll and Hyde team if I've ever seen one. They've got talent, but they don't really put it together. And the only, unfortunately for Utah, the only time they did put it together was against them. So, um, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, we get back to Mississippi State here. Uh, Obviously, Colin Hill is the one to watch. He's leading the SEC in, in rushing. But, you know, this Garrett Schrader guy is intriguing um, at quarterback. He's pretty good, but I wouldn't say he's very good. I guess I'm just curious how Mississippi – in the past, it seems like Mississippi State has played us pretty tough because it's either been a 230 game or a night game, and they haven't been awful. You know, they've they've had something to play for, not necessarily SEC title, but something to play for. This year they don't really have much to play for, and I wonder how their crowd's going to be uh, at 11 o'clock on ESPN against an Alabama team they know is pissed off. Yeah, the way it's kind of worked out pretty good for Alabama. Uh, Mississippi State uh, would love to be bowl eligible. They'd love to go to a bowl. That means they need to win at least one more. And they play Alabama and Ole Miss. That's who they play. Uh, that's it. And uh, and and they need to win one. At one point, this worked out really good for Alabama uh, because, see, oh, oh, uh, Mississippi State needs one more win to be bowl eligible. And their entire fan base, their entire football program, their entire coaching staff, they're pointing to Ole Miss. So if we beat Ole Miss, we go to a bowl. I, I don't even think they're too concerned about Alabama. And by that, I mean – I think they've written it off. They know Ole Miss is yeah. the game they need to win, even to the point they have to sit some players for some Tudor scandal, and uh, and they're going to sit some of those players for Alabama, which is smart because they want to be at full strength against Ole Miss. Number one, it's a rival, and number two, they know that's the game they have to win to get bowl eligible. So this game kind of came along at a good time. I would be very worried about this game if it was the Mississippi State team from back in 2014 with Dak Prescott or even, frankly, the Mississippi State team last year that was chock full of NFL players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, thankfully, like 90% of those guys are gone, uh, and they only have a couple left because uh, that was a heck of a defense last year. But uh, it, it's a good timing for Alabama here. As far as Garrett Schrader goes, 
I've seen quite a bit of Mississippi State for whatever reason. They've been on at a time where, where I could watch them, and and my in-laws are Mississippi State fans, and, and I spent Halloween weekend with the in-laws. So while y'all were all watching uh, Florida, Georgia, uh, while, while, while y'all did that, I watched Mississippi State, Arkansas, because that, that was the uh, game of interest in, uh, at the in-laws. So I, I recently scouted out Mississippi State, and, and I'd seen them again a few times earlier because the family's interested in them. And here, here's my thoughts. I, I, I think Garrett is a guy that might be pretty good down the road, maybe, but is not a guy that's good right now. He sort of reminds me a little bit of Bo Nix in that way, although I would mm-hmm. take Bo Nix over him straight. I'd take Bo Nix straight up. I'd take Bo Nix. But he reminds me of Bo in the sense that when I watch him play, I'm like, you know, this kid might be something later. But he's not something now in terms of a guy that's going to go on the road or beat somebody that's really good. Uh, he just doesn't have it all together yet. Yet, on the other hand, I have actually been pretty impressed by Tommy Stevens, the Penn State transfer. I, I was adamant before the game started uh, in telling my my Mississippi State relatives, I'm like, hey, I haven't seen too much. But what I have seen, I think they're a better team with, with Tommy Stevens. Other people disagree with me, and Tommy Stevens played against Arkansas uh, the whole 60 minutes and, frankly, was the reason they won the game. Uh, Stevens was was good against a bad opponent, bad opponent, of course. But – uh. They, they, they hung with Kansas State earlier this year, and we know that Kansas State's a good team. State hung with them, I think, primarily because Tommy Stevens, uh, you know, will, will quarterback that game. As a matter of fact, it was a game he got hurt, had to come out, and that's when uh, Garrett started playing more. So uh, I, I think Mississippi State's fairly decent with Tommy Stevens on the field. Colin Hill is really good. Those Alabama fans that were impressed by 22 last week, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, who is a hell of a, a football player, and he showed it against Alabama, this Colin Hill kid's better. Now, you might not notice because he has less of a supporting cast around him. He's got to do it all on his own, and therefore at times looks a little like he can't get it done. And it's because he's doing it all on his own. He doesn't have the offensive line LSU's got. He doesn't have Joe Burrow, a quarterback. So, uh, but, but Colin Hill is better than Edwards Hilaire, and that's, that's a hell of a compliment, in my opinion, uh, they got a couple of defenders that are real athletic guys that, you know, they normally have athletes on defense. They still do. I like the Cole kid who's a transfer from Michigan, sort of their nickelback. He's a playmaker. Uh, the linebacker, Errol Thompson, who's from Alabama, uh, God knows we could use that guy. Boy, we, we couldn't foresee the future when we passed on him. But if we could go back in time, as Cher tells us to do, if we could go back in time and sign Errol Thompson, oh, my gosh, he would be making a huge oh, yeah. difference for us. He's a good player. And, of course, uh, Leo Lewis, uh, the, the the Willie Gay guy. Uh, well, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, and, you know, it's just a, a pretty athletic defense. They're not great. It's nothing like last year's. But, hey, one, one of the guarantees in this league when you play Mississippi State every year like we do, it's almost a guarantee. Mississippi State's not a team that you circle on the calendar. But one thing that you can bet your butt on every single year Mississippi State's going to put athletic defenders on the field. They do year after year after year. They're really athletic by the ball. This year's no exception. Yeah, oh, they're going to be athletic. I mean, there's no doubt. I guess the question is how focused will they be? Um, and that's that's going to be the big question to me. Uh, are are, there, are their minds going to be in this? Now, you mentioned the suspended guys. Do you do you know who the suspended – I was trying to Google that while you were looking. Know. I know there's I three. Know. Okay. There's three. But uh, I, I, I can't spit them out to you. I don't, I don't know who they are. Okay. I know who I hope they are. 
<laughs> yeah, but oh, I, Errol, I, I don't know. Oh, it's Errol Thompson three times. <laughs> um, Errol Thompson, Kylan Hill, and uh, the uh, the wide receiver Gidry. Let's hope it's yeah, those three. True. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but really, I, again, this has got to be a big win, big time spread for Alabama, if you ask me. Um, meanwhile, over at the Alabama side, Tua Tungavaloa still doesn't appear to be practicing much, if any. And that that is a moderate concern for me. It's there. There are there is a camp that says, "Hey, let's uh, let Mac Jones play and and do this and do that." And see, I just don't think we can afford to. I think we got to let the big dogs eat and just play and and let the chips fall where they may. And if Tua gets hurt, Tua gets hurt. But I think we have to uh, we have to go out there and see if we can put as many points and get get that eye test going. And that's what we have to do. And I think we have to do it these next three games end of story. That's right. We, we got to look like a playoff team. We, we can't look like, hey, that's too important now. We can't look like a team that, uh, well, they squeaked by Mississippi State and then we can use the excuse, well, we had to play the number two quarterback. We can't look like that. We have to look like a playoff team, regardless of who's a quarterback. Obviously, Alabama's at its best with Tua. Uh, no knock on Mac. It's just a fact. Uh, Alabama's at its best with Tua, and hopefully he'll be out there. If he's not, well, Mac, you've played. You're an older kid now. He's been in the program more than three full years. Uh, he started and won an SEC game. He's come off the bench to play against Tennessee. Uh, Mac, uh, Mac, we need you to make the playoff. We don't need you to beat Mississippi State. We need you to help us make the playoff. So if it is Mac, uh, the bar has to be raised a little bit. We need a playoff-worthy performance because I'm normally not a we-have-to-beat-the-spread guy because who really cares? Uh, I I'm, I'm normally don't even really pay that much attention to it. This week I am because I do think 21, 22 points is sort of the bar because that's how bad LSU beat Mississippi State. LSU beat them 36-13, mm-hmm. so that's, what, 23 points. I think Alabama – needs to match the margin of victory. That game was in Starkville, too. I think Alabama needs to match the margin of victory so Alabama can appear to be playoff worthy. Win the game by 23. Hey, even if it's 23 to nothing, even if it's 30 to 7, even if it's 37-14, win the game by 23 so we we can say we're as good as LSU. We did as good as LSU did. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm looking down their schedule, and it's it's funny how quickly uh, teams just disappear from your the your thought process. But I mean, this team just gives up points in bunches. The fewest points that I've seen that they give they've they've given up in any game is they gave up 13 to Kentucky, uh, a team that didn't have its starting quarterback, and that was earlier in the year, week four. So Kentucky was, you know, just going without its starting quarterback. They gave up 31 to K-State. They gave up 15 to Southern Miss. I mean, they gave up uh, 20 to Tennessee. Um, and tw- they gave up 24 to Arkansas. So, and yeah. I know a lot of those points came late because actually Mississippi State whipped their ass. Yep. But, you know, this is a game that I think we – we need to get close to 60. I mean, I, again, that's not that's not Saban's MO is to to run the score up, but I think that it it needs that needs to happen. Um if we style can do points it. count. Style points count. They just do. Uh, maybe it's not fair, maybe it's uh, unsportsmanlike, 
but uh, it's the system that we have where you have to impress voters. And gee, call me crazy, but I think voters are more impressed when you win 50 to 14, not 28, 14. So no time to impress the voters. No, I totally agree. And, you know, if you really want to impress somebody with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Get um, Roman. Hear that, everybody? Get Roman. Get it. We're not telling you. I'm, I'm going to do like I do with my three-year-old daughter. I'm not going to tell you again. One, two, and if I get to three, it's going to be trouble. I'm not sure what it is. You know, that's the problem with the three-year-old. Like, she has yeah. never let me get to three. Yeah, but so if I, that's amazing. If, if, if I ever get to three, like when I'm counting like that, well, I'm not really wins. sure what I can do. Well, she wins then. I mean, yeah, she, she wins. wins. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, how, that's how, she doesn't know that yet, but she wins because what, what are you going to do? She's three. Well, tell I know her, what I'm going to do. Tell her you won't pay for college. No, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to keep counting until I get to a number that scares her. <laughs> 26. <laughs> ends, up it was ends up it was 631. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, Jimmy, uh, any practice reports out there you know about? Anything? About- uh, I've actually been uh, in, in, in traffic uh, coming back from Foley. The, the, uh, I had a little uh, court thing in Foley. So uh, coming back from the land of Julio Jones and Kenny Stabler and one year of <laughs> DJ Fluker and Robert Lester. Uh, you know, so I spent, spent the afternoon in Foley. So I haven't seen practice reports. I know when I'm going to ask my sources, and yes, we have sources. I'm going to ask my sources uh, in probably an hour or so, uh, you know, what did, two, what did Tua do? Uh, was he able to, you know, what, what did they ask him to do? Because I think, I think Wednesday is kind of a tipping point. Uh, Tua hasn't really practiced yet uh, this week. Not, not football practice. I mean, he's, he's, he's been on the practice field and he wore his jersey and he threw a football around, you know, but, but he hasn't really been practicing. Uh, I think if he doesn't practice, if he doesn't practice the, the Wednesday practice, he doesn't practice, then this is Mac Jones' game. I, I, that, that's just the way that I'm personally going to take that. Uh, could be wrong because, you know, Nick, Nick, I don't get all the memos from Nick's office, but. That, that's my read anyway. If Tua doesn't fully participate in the Wednesday practice, then uh, Mac Jones is Alabama's starting quarterback against Mississippi State. That's my view. Um, yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's probably true. Uh, that scares the dog shit out of me. I don't want that to be the case. Um, yeah, so- playing on the road. Playing on the road is different. I mean – I don't think people understand. I mean, but just the, through the history, playing conference games on the road is generally problematic. Even at the height of the dynasty, there was one or two road games a year in the league where the game's over and you're like, oh, man, glad we got out of there alive. I mean, uh, it's just, just the nature of it. And, uh, yeah, Mississippi State's not great. They're also not horrible. I mean, Vanderbilt, they're horrible. Uh, there was a stretch where Tennessee was horrible. South Carolina's horrible right now. Kentucky is pretty horrible right now. Uh, Ole Miss is 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 ungood. Arkansas is a train wreck. But Mississippi State is none of those teams. They're, I would even say, I think they're going to finish the year six and six. 
I would put Mississippi State with Tommy Stevens at quarterback at six and six up against any six and six team in college football. Give me a six and six team out of the Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10. I, I like Mississippi State's chances to be better than them, assuming Tommy Stevens is healthy. Yeah, no, I that's that's hard to disagree with, I think, right there. Um I'll tell you something, and I'm I'm not meaning to jump around here, but a friend of ours, um, Caleb Brooks, he's from here. He he does some some stuff with us with the HSA Radio Network, and he sent me an interesting text, and I'm going to find it. Here we go. Um, He said, here's another talking point for you all, meaning on the podcast. He said, Sark was uh, kicked off, basically fired from the Falcons because they sucked in the red zone and couldn't get Julio the ball. Well, guess who is 68th in the country in red zone offense this year? It's us. And, you know, when you put it that way, it does feel like we're sort of, you know, we're going to hit you for a 50-yard bomb or we're going to, you know, end up kicking a field goal or having to go for it on fourth or something like that in the red zone. Doesn't, I don't know if yep. that's necessarily true, but his stat, I'm looking at the stats right now. He's right. We're 68th in the country in the red zone. That is uh, surprising based on our personnel. It's surprising. Uh, is some of that because we miss kicks, but we really don't miss many. I know we miss extra points, and that's the thing, but but we haven't missed a ton of field goals. So uh, maybe we've gone for it on fourth down a few times. I mean, I'm just saying it's just it's a little surprising. I mean, I don't feel like we're bad in the red zone, but when I hear that stat, sometimes you got to go back and 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 review. Maybe we are. Maybe we're not getting the red zone. I know this. I, I I do think what we're missing a little bit is we don't get great blocking on the edge. And and I, I don't think we run the ball in the red zone as well as we used to back in the make-their-ass-quit days. We had the make-their-ass-quit days where the other team would literally quit and we <laughs> would run the ball until they quit. And those teams were really good in the red zone, or at least me- memory says they were good in the red zone. I, ever since we've been a throw it around the ballpark team, I, I'm not sure we're quite as good, but that's interesting. I, I'll say that just me, and maybe I'm in the minority here, but uh, I think Sark's done a pretty good job. Now, he was handed the keys to a Ferrari, not the keys to a Prius. I mean, you know, two is his quarterback and the best receivers in school history, Najee Harris turning into a fine back late in his career, a really good offensive line. It'd be hard for Sark to screw it up. And he hasn't, to, to me. I, I, Alabama's, what, fourth in the nation in total offense. So I, I, I'm fine with the job Sark's done, while at the same time admitting, uh, you know, this hasn't been a tough, a tough season. Uh, Alabama should be this good on offense. Yeah, they should be. And, and, you know, you'd think, again, you're right, he was handed the keys to a Ferrari. Well, a Ferrari inside of a tank, really. I mean, with that offensive oh. line. That and is it's so like, cool. It, yeah, what it, it's like something Batman would have. Like you, you're like, oh, oh no, here comes the bat tank. Oh shit, there's a bat Ferrari behind that it's towing, yeah. and Batman can jump in it. And, and oh, I don't get Batman. But why is Batman kicking a field goal? <laughs> I'd rather have get, Batman kick our field goals. I don't get many toys for Christmas, but if anyone runs across a Ferrari inside a tank, that's what I want under my tree. I w- and I'm not talking about the real, no, I'm talking about a play toy Ferrari inside a tank. I will be playing with that all afternoon. I will skip 
the family uh, Christmases and skip all that I'm required to do on Christmas family-wise. I'm just going to play with my Ferrari inside the tank all afternoon, period. I, I think that's – that's. I'm coming to your house. For <laughs> you Christmas. can play with it when I'm done. You know what? I hope people are getting this in the right context. Um. Oh, yeah, I hope somebody didn't just tune in right now. <laughs> Okay, so let's go ahead and um, talk a little bit about recruiting. We hope to have John Garcia on again sometime very soon. I'm, I'm not going to wear him out with that, though, because I know he's an in-demand guy. But one thing that I'm noticing a lot of here, uh, Zach Evans being crystal balled all over the place to LSU, along with Philip Webb, who I absolutely love. I think Philip Webb oh. is a great player. And Marcus oh. Dumerville. They are having oh. a banner recruiting season and they may end up with the number one team in uh in in recruiting you know give orger on this uh the, the word that comes to mind is culture i think inexplicably inexplicably orgeron has built a culture within that football team that's attracting uh good players uh and, and uh, they're, they're not getting a lot of no's um and uh that's really what it's all about so kudos to him for for pulling that off now lsu does have one of the great recruiting situations and all of football being such a major power in a high population state. And they're the only show in town. It's kind of hard to screw up recruiting at LSU, but give, give Orgeron credit. I mean, he's built a culture. He's built a culture that is attracting big time kids. Uh, we've seen Saban do this uh, same exact thing, uh, probably a little differently. Nick and Ed are quite different, but uh, the, the similarity is that uh, Orgeron is building a culture at LSU that is attracting uh, big time talent. Kids, they're not getting many no's. Kids, kids want to be a part of that. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be good for a while. But, but one word of warning: today's 2019 football is so quarterback dependent. Life after Burrow may be a little tougher than they think. You got to be good at quarterback these days. And I'm not sure what they're going to do at quarterback next uh, next fall. Here's an interesting name for them, like it's an interesting name for us. Jake Bentley. Oh, we'll see. That would be, boy, you talk about storylines galore because what Jay, if now this is something we're totally making up out of thin air. So I don't think anybody should say, oh shit, Jake Bentley's already transferred to LSU. No. Um, But it would just be interesting in the sense that, first of all, Jake Bentley would again be another transfer quarterback at, at LSU. And assuming, you know, maybe they go on to win the national championship with a transfer quarterback a la Oklahoma, you know, being in the mix uh, for several years now with transfer quarterbacks. Then they get another transfer quarterback, and he welcomes in Alabama, the state he's from, to Baton Rouge for a big game. And he travels to Auburn second to last game of the year where he's from uh, to, to face the Auburn Tigers. That would be – that would and they play South Carolina next year. So, I mean, what a banana scenario if he were to go there. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. Maybe he goes to Alabama. Maybe. Yeah. I don't rule that out. Uh, it, it won't surprise me. I I, <laughs> I think Mac Jones. I think there's some confidence in him. I think everybody's interested to see Little Tua next spring. You know, we'll see what what if if Talia's gotten bigger, stronger, better. Uh, and then of course we've got the Ballyhooed five star from California coming in. But it would not surprise me at all if Nick Saban says, you know what, I think we might need. How about a veteran senior who's won about 
20 SEC games. Well, I was probably sure that's, I'm sure that's wrong, but you know, he's won 13 SEC games, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, something like that. I mean, Jake Bentley has played in and beaten some good teams, not great teams, but let's remember what his cast is for all the people. I get frustrated with fans who, who want to say Bentley's not good. See, don't be that fan that's like, if he's not Patrick Mahomes, he sucks. Don't 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 be that guy. There, there's levels of good. No, Jake Bentley is not going to be a first round draft pick. No, he's not Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. But this is a kid with NFL tools. He's a senior. He's very mature. He's played a ton. He's a coach's son. Let's see what Bentley might look like with a great surrounding cast. Something he never had at South Carolina. So. I don't rule out Jake Bentley being good. Is he going to be awesome? Probably not. And if you're the kind of fans like, well, we know he's not awesome, so let's just go with somebody else. That That's just not how football works. Uh, Nick Saban may very well go with a proven veteran commodity as opposed to whatever's behind door number one. Yeah. Well, one thing we'll finish up here. Um we usually do this on Monday or Tuesday, but because uh, because the LSU game was so big and there were so many storylines with the college football playoff rankings, whatever, we didn't get into it. Man, Alabama players had a kick-ass day this last Sunday in the NFL. I mean, Derrick Henry went for a buck 88 and two touchdowns, and he had a touchdown where apparently he ran close to 21 miles per hour. This is a man that's 240, 250 pounds. Um, with pads on and he's running about 20, a little over 21 miles an hour. In fact, I think they said it was the fastest anybody had run uh, for a score this, this past week, you know, McCole Hardman had a damn badass touchdown in that game too, but um, man, just crazy numbers for him so far this year. Uh, Josh Jacobs, of course, last Thursday, he didn't have his best game, but he ended up, scoring the game-winning touchdown, and that kid just keeps doing big things. Rashawn Evans had seven tackles, including two behind the line of scrimmage, and had his first full sack of his career, if you can believe it. He also picked, had a scoop and score. Um, so there's another Alabama player with a touchdown. Um, Marlon Humphrey uh, broke up a couple of passes, had five tackles. Mark Ingram had another touchdown. You know, in their big win, boy, what a combination. What a good combination with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram back there. Um, Lamar, of course, man, one guy, Tyra- I, one guy I was, I mean, I love the draft like everybody else. And probably because, you know, I like high school evaluation so much and I like the draft. But uh, I, and I, I admit when I'm wrong. One thing, if, if, if you're really into evaluating players, the first thing you got to learn is uh, embrace when you're wrong because they're all wrong. Hell, Nick Saban's wrong part of the time. So mm-hmm. you're damn right. I'm going to be wrong sometimes. And, uh, one guy was really wrong about Lamar Jackson. Man, that's a total miss for me. I, I did not think he would be a good NFL quarterback. I was wronger than the mayor of Wrongtown. Oh, you can't get no wronger. Um, OJ Howard had a touchdown. Julio Jones, he only had three catches, but for 79 yards, including a 54 yarder. Um, James Carpenter is still starting for the Falcons. I mean, I, I found that out as I was watching the game. I was like, holy cow, he's. Um, and the Falcons, of course, got a big win over uh, over oh, shocking. Um, the Saints. Saints. That was shocking. Shocking. Yeah, because that's that's one of the few games that I do consider to be a rivalry in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I think Cowboys, Redskins, obviously Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles. That whole division is one big rivalry. But um, Atlanta and New Orleans, 
yeah, they don't like being, each other. They don't like each other. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick ha- had another return for a touchdown, a fumble return for a touchdown. He's going to win he, the Thorpe Award again. Th- he might. And you know what he might win, Jimmy? This is no shit. And I didn't think about this because it feels like, uh, you know, he, he did miss a few games throughout the season with the Dolphins, you know, playing with the Dolphins, obviously. But um, he might win NFL Fitz of the Year, they're saying. I mean, he's going to be a really strong candidate for this because uh-huh. the Steelers are have made a – a really improbable turnaround. I think they're only a game back of the Ravens now. Um, and really, I, I mean, I could pull for either one of them because they both have so many Alabama guys. But, man, I mean, Fitzpatrick is just having that year. And uh, it, it's cool to watch him flourish because somebody's giving him a chance. I, you can I just didn't tell. understand that trade. I still don't. I still don't. If you're doing a teardown rebuild, don't you hold on to your young, proven star? It'd be different if Minka was 33 and, that, and was burdened with a terrible contract. But to me, trading Minka in a rebuild is like saying he's overpaid. We don't want to be burdened by this contract. Are you yeah. kidding? That's a Stupid. great deal. Minka's, Minka's deal was great. He wasn't overpaid. He's, a, he's an NFL All-Pro on a rookie contract. And That's what I was going to say. He is on a rookie contract. And... They did now. They did get a first round pick for him, but he was picked in the first round. That's what, what guarantee do you have that the first round pick you're going to get in the next draft is as good as Minka? Not all those first round picks, you know, pan out. Minka did. Minka proved he was worth where he was selected in the draft. As a matter of fact, the way Minka's playing right now, if he was taken number four, would you go? Oh boy, he was overdrafted. No. So I, I, it's that trade was nuts to me. I I enjoy the teardown rebuild. I enjoy I watch I like watching how an organization rebuilds. You know what what's important to them? How are you going to do this? I, I don't understand that at all. If I was a Dolphins fan, and I'm not, I'm a Minka fan, not a Dolphins fan. But man, I'd be pissed. I'm like, dang it. I mean, you, you trade big contracts. You trade you pare down the payroll to where your payroll is big. You trade payroll for picks but don't trade a good contract that's what they did yeah it was just a bad move but they've been making a lot of bad moves lately and that you know they're selling their souls for this upcoming draft which they must think is going to be amazing um and it could be good i mean look there are going to be a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft i mean you got to you know two obviously uh jalen hurts in the mix joe burrow in the mix um Jake Fromm probably in there, Justin Herbert. And then, of course, you've got, you know, a lot of offensive uh, wide receivers. And, and I mean, it's going to be a good draft. I think yeah, it's going to be barring, a really good draft. Barring trades, I've got a certainty for you. I mean, there's no certainties in the draft. Here's the closest thing to a certainty to me. Based on how the draft lines up right now, it would be Bengals with the first pick and Redskins with the second pick. Yep. The Redskins already have a young quarterback. They drafted the first round last year, and, and they might pick number two. Barring trades. I think it's fair if Chase Young calls a realtor in Washington D.C. today and says, "No, find me a house." I mean, the mock is, drafts isn't it, are all, isn't it the obvious? Mock drafts all have that a guy that that um, either the Iowa offensive lineman or the Georgia offensive lineman Andrew Thomas going to that pick. So that's um, crazy to me. That's uh, I would think the Redskins would yeah, take I the agree, best think- non-quarter if they take good. That, that's not, I mean, by the way, I'm really the, the guy I know really well, of course, is Andrew Thomas, the tackle at Georgia. He is fantastic. And he's, I, I agree, he's great. 
I would take Chase Young 99 times out of 100 over him. And I love Andrew Thomas. I don't get that. Chase Young, to me, would be, he's so good if you're the Bengals who desperately need a quarterback at number one. The Bengals still have to go, yeah, but we're passing up a sure thing all-pro pass rusher. Because a quarterback well, are never a sure thing. No, that's what you, you hope that you say, okay, it, you know, the Redskins make so many bad moves. Maybe you could trick the Redskins into like, you're like, look, we're going to take who you want. And, but they're like, you don't know who we want. Well, that's, that's your opinion. Um, if you don't trade and give us several more draft picks. Uh, yeah. Maybe they can trick them into it because, but that would be two teams. Somehow the Bengals would still get screwed in that deal because the only franchise that's been as inept as the Redskins has been the Bengals. So the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jimmy, we're running out of time here. So we will run, and tomorrow will be our much ballyhooed and highly anticipated predictions episode. Lots of great games this weekend. Great game. Great weekend for games, Alabama aside. Yep. Looking forward to another great weekend with the Locked On Network, baby. Locked On Bama. That's us. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.